0: Good afternoon, you are listening to The Stoop on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and via podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Brought to you by our news team, Alexandra Fernandez, Chancellor Miracle, Chris Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Dinah Jansen, Eric Singh, and me, Kareem Mosna. Well, we of course just had our municipal election here in Kingston, as well as the municipalities across Ontario, and we have some familiar faces returning to City Hall and some newcomers. Brian Patterson has been re-elected for his third term as mayor. He won by a landslide, receiving close to 75% of the overall vote, or 21,844 votes. Skyther MacArthur-Blennis followed with 3,545 votes, followed by Ivan Stojkovic and Tina Frazier in third and fourth place, respectively. Looking at council, Lisa O'Sanid was re-elected to represent Collins-Bayridge with 75% of the overall vote or 2,236 votes with Joel Thompson taking 737. Similar story for Ryan Boehm in Pittsburgh District, receiving close to 75% of the vote, or 2,389, over Lindsey Dugan's 797. Gary Oosterhoff returns to represent Countryside as he was the sole candidate. Jeff McLaren returns to represent Meadowbrook Strathcona with 1,518 votes over Michael Murphy's 1,098 and Jacob Winpearl's 93. For Sydenham, Peter Stroud lost his seat on council to Connie Glenn and it was a pretty close call with Glenn receiving 504 votes with Stroud receiving 447 followed by Rami Masarani and Paul Joseph Charbonneau respectively. Over to Lakeside, Wayne Hill losing by a very narrow margin to Wendy Stephen of just under 100 votes. Stephen with 1,697 votes over Hill's 1,598. Jimmy Hassan elected to represent Trillium with 63% of the vote or 1,874 votes over Rob Matheson's 999 and Henny Phillip with 104. Gregory Ridge will represent Kingstown District after receiving close to 64% of the overall vote, or 1,245 votes, over Keith Below's 352, and Alexandria Lu's 350 votes. A narrow win for Paul Shaves in Loyalist Cataraqui, winning by just 35 votes, with 1,709 votes over Jackie Collier's 1,674. Brandon Totzow will represent Kings Court Rideau with 41.6% of the vote, followed by Tom Gingrich with 22% of the vote, uh, Daryl McIntosh with 14%, Michael Judd with 13%, Joseph Dowser at 6%, and Keaton Zenbergen at just over 3% of the vote. Don Emmis will represent Portsmouth District with 32.5% of the overall vote, Orrin Nimmelman coming in at 24%, Colleen Murphy at 21%, uh, Nicole Florent at 9.7%, Zachary Typhair, who you might recognize as he ran for the Green Party in the past provincial election, at 6.86%, Ashley Perna at 4.5%, and Sebastian Valencourt at 1.3%. Now, Jim Neal, who formerly represented Williamsville, we'll talk about Jim Neal in just a moment, Uh, But Williamsville will now be represented by Vincent Cianini, who got just shy of 45% of the overall vote, followed by Annette Burfoot with 38% of the vote, Ian Clark at 14.5% of the vote, Selena Cirelli at just under 2% of the vote, and Rob Fonger at 0.6%. Now, moving over to school board trustees, Jim Neal, as was just mentioned, will be the trustee for the Limestone District School Board, Countryside, Kings Court, Rideau, and Williamsville after receiving 44.5% of the overall vote, followed by Joyce mcleod Kane at 30% and Paula Murray at just shy of 25% of the vote. For uh, the Limestone District School Board, Kingstown, Pittsburgh, and Frontenac Islands, Bob Godkin will represent with 61%, followed by John Wernham's 39%. Garrett Elliott will return to be trustee for Lakeside and Trillium with 50% of the vote, followed by Elizabeth Ann Coveney at 36.5%, and Nida Quershi at 13%. And for Loyalist Cataraqui, Collins, Ridge, and Meadowbrook Strathcona, Judith Brown returns as trustee with just shy of 45% of the vote, followed by Chris Scott at 28.6% and Crystal Bevins-LeBlanc at 26.7%. Joy Morning was acclaimed for Portsmouth and Sydenham. Terry Shea elected trustee for the Algonquin and Lakeshore Catholic District School Board, a very close race with Shea receiving 2,126 votes over Kathy Turkington's 2050, followed by Sean Murphy at 1,943 votes, uh, Brian Evoy at 1,715, Daniel Da Silva at 1,360, Nicole Skadalsti, and Paul Brio followed. Rachel LaForest was acclaimed for Concierge scolaire le Concile des Côles Publiques de l'Est de l'Ontario, and Michel Charon acclaimed for Concierge scolaire le Concile des Côles Catholique, centre-est. Now, only 30.5% of all eligible voters in the city of Kingston cast a ballot this time around. That's a significant drop from 41.3% who voted in the 2018 municipal election. Now, where there was growth was in online voting, where 14,876 people voted online this election, up from 12,943 in the 2018 election. The city of Kingston had increased the number of online voting days from 10 to 20 this time around. Now, if you're curious to know a little bit more about your councillors, I'll share some, a little bit of information about each of them. Gary Oosterhof from Countryside is the incumbent councillor and also co-owner of Oosterhof Electrical Services Limited. Paul Shaves from Loyalist Cataraqui is a soon-to-be retired employee of the Correctional Services of Canada. Lisa Osanic of Collins-Bayridge, of course, the incumbent councillor and executive assistant for the Ontario Ministry of Health. Wendy Stephen, newly represented for Lakeside, is an elementary school teacher at Bayridge Public School and also a past NDP candidate for Member of Provincial Parliament. Don Amos, new to Portsmouth, is the executive director of the Seniors Association Kingston Region. Jimmy Hassan, to represent Trillium, is a Pizza Pizza franchisee and CEO of the Canadian Colors Foundation. Brandon Tosso, new to represent Kings Court Rideau, is a local OPSU president and Trent University instructor. Jeff McLaren of Meadowbrook Strathcona, incumbent counselor and property manager. Vincent Chanini, new to represent Williamsville, is a web developer. Connie Glenn, new to represent Sydenham is a kinesiologist and ergonomist. Greg Ridge from Kingstown is finance officer at Queen's University. And Ryan Bohem of Pittsburgh is incumbent counselor and journey person with Utilities Kingston. And there you have it, your municipal election results and a little brief profile on each of the counselors. You're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and podcasting through Spotify and iTunes. Now it's over to Zayden, who's got your campus news.
1: Good evening and welcome to Campus Corner with Erica Singh and myself, Zayden Vergara. Here's your campus news roundup.
2: Brassock or Queen's Resident Society, hosted their first off-campus housing information session yesterday. The session, hosted by the university's off-campus living advisor, Adam King, covered topics such as getting started with the rental process, such as choosing the right housemates and establishing ground rules. He then talked about different resources, such as the upcoming Housing Resource Fair on October 9th to find available properties. The session also covered ways to navigate property viewings, lease agreements, and tenant rights and responsibilities. ResSoc will be hosting an additional session today at 7.15pm in the Chernoff Auditorium and hybrid through Zoom if you could not attend the one yesterday. In other news, The new Indigenous gathering space in our newest residence, Albert Street Residence, was officially unveiled. The space represents Mother Earth through the giant turtle shell centered inside the sitting space. The dedication ceremony, held on October 21st, was attended by Queen's senior leaders and the Office of Indigenous Initiative staff. Guests were treated to traditional Indigenous foods and a musical performance. Next, Gale student-athletes are supporting national and local charities through raising money and gathering donations for food banks this fall. Students have already raised $40,000 this year, and have hosted events such as the Gales football team's annual Tackle Hunger initiative, which collected over 1,500 pounds of food, which was distributed to local shelters in the lead-up to Thanksgiving. Initiatives such as this one will continue over the year. In other news, the Queen's General Bursary Application is due on October 31. This is a non-repayable grant available to students in all years of study who have a demonstrated financial need. You can access the bursary application through your SOLUS account. Now over to Zayden Vergara with some more campus news headlines.
1: Thank you, Erica. Queen's University Sexual Violence Prevention and Response Services, SVPRS, has partnered with Vesta social innovation technologies to provide additional support to students who have experienced sexual violence. Vista is a secure and independent recording and reporting system for sexual violence. As of October 13th, students can use Vesta's website or mobile app to record what happened, access resources, and connect with on- and off-campus supports, with the option to remain anonymous. This online support hub allows students to record their experience through a trauma-informed question-and-answer format. VESTA is already in use in Kingston and currently works with Kingston Police to provide alternatives to formal reporting and to support survivors' decisions around reporting. For more information or to access the VESTA tool, please go to queensu.ca slash violence support. Attention, football fans. This Saturday, Queens will host a first-round OUA quarterfinal matchup during the homecoming weekend against the University of Toronto. Coming off an undefeated 2021 regular season, the Gales have maintained momentum under head coach Steve Snyder. The Gales have a 7-1 record and hold second place in the OUA standings. I had the opportunity to interview assistant head coach Ryan Beckmanis. Here are some highlights from my interview. All right, so with playoffs upon us, what do you feel the Gale's two biggest strengths and two main weaknesses have been this season?
3: Uh, I think one of the strengths we've had is our depth. We've had a lot of guys play significant downs, and, and a lot of guys do a great job in that. Um, I think our, our guys are playing fast, they're attacking well, um, and they're just resetting every single play to, to play the next one and to give their best at this moment. So they're, they're doing a good job just flying around. Uh, trusting the system and, and getting after things. And we, we've relied on our depth and our guys have done a great job with that. Um, as for things that we're always just trying to get better every day, it's, it's about improving each and every day that we're on the field, trying to get better at, the, at a lot of facets of our game from our, from our technique to the way we play things and the understanding of, of what we're trying to do defensively. So I think the guys are always working to improve on that. And, and that's something that the, the staff has been focusing on every day.
1: Uh, how has the atmosphere been surrounding the upcoming homecoming game?
3: Uh, it's it's a great fun time of year, and it's, uh with all the alumni coming back, uh, with the bands kind of getting us pumped up after each game, and the atmosphere just leading into everything. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a big time college football game, and playing at the great Richardson Stadium. So it's it's things that you you enjoy, you love going to, and coming to work every day, looking forward to games like this, where you know it's going to be a packed house, all the alumni back, the town just a buzz. So. Um, it's just a really fun, but we're just trying to stay focused in the moment on, on what we're doing, uh, knowing that the atmosphere is just going to give us that boost of energy that you always need come game time.
1: Uh, does playoffs, especially with us going straight into quarterfinals, homecoming doesn't normally fall around this time. Do, does home? Does the playoffs change the atmosphere at all?
3: Uh, playoffs is always it's tough in the OUA. It's uh, there's some great football teams making the playoffs. You know you have to play your best at that moment. And having that coupled with homecoming just hopefully will add just a little bit more buzz in the crowd and, and uh, the, this up the atmosphere for for the home game. But it's it's nothing that's really different in a sense. It's more just some added bonus in terms of more fans in the stands, the alumni back and, and the, the place being buzzing.
1: Well, perfect. Thank you for uh, for first your time and all those amazing answers. I'm really looking forward to watching the game this Saturday.
3: Oh I appreciate it, appreciate your time in and uh, appreciate all the support you guys do there. It's it's been it's a lot of fun and you know from from playing to coaching, having the CFRC follow and, and be the voice of it has been outstanding. So it's always fun to see it and uh...
1: I had a great time interviewing assistant head coach Ryan Beckmanis, and I'm excited to see the Gales play this Saturday at one o'clock at Richardson Stadium against UFT. Tickets can be purchased on the Athletics and Recreation website. Get them all you can. But on that note, that's all for campus news and sports. Now over to Chris and Chancellor with a community update.
4: Thank you, Zayden, for the campus news and sports update. My name is Chance, and this is your community update. This week, I spoke with Claire LaPlante of the Basketeers Kingston Initiative. Hello, Claire. Do you mind uh, introducing yourself to the audience today?
5: Sure. Uh, My name is Claire LaPlante. I'm the chapter lead for the Kingston Basketeers organization.
4: Okay, and and what is the Kingston Basketeers?
5: Uh, Well, the Basketeers is a volunteer project. Um, There are a number of chapters across Canada. I think Kingston is the newest one. And essentially the idea is around the holiday season, um, we try to get volunteers in our community to Um, put together thoughtful gift baskets of items, laundry baskets full of new items, and uh, we then help distribute those to women who have left a violent situation in their home. Um, Oftentimes, they will end up at a shelter. In this case, we partner with Kingston Interval House. Um, And then once we collect these baskets, uh, we get them to Kingston Interval House, and they distribute the baskets to the women that are staying in the shelter around the holidays um, with the idea that, you know, the items can help them kind of make a new start as they transition out of the shelter into a new living situation, Um, something that's, you know, obviously a little bit safer. And it's just kind of a nice um, message of hope for those women from people in the community to kind of help them with a fresh start.
4: Yeah, certainly. It it sounds like it's it's super helpful for a lot of people that are in very vulnerable situations. And I think a lot of people in Kingston would love to help out. How might they uh, go about doing that?
5: Um, Yeah, so the easiest way to help out is to uh, create a basket. So, um, uh, you know, we hope to get people doing this every year as kind of a holiday tradition with friends or family or teammates. Um, So step one, you know, go to Walmart, Canadian Tire, wherever, buy a laundry basket and fill it with items, new items, um, whether uh, they be household items or personal care items. Um, We ask people to try to stick to one of those themes. It just helps with distribution a little better. Um, And then once the basket is filled, they can wrap it up in, you know, plastic wrap or whatever, um, put a list of what's inside and then bring it to our drop off day. Um, and the drop-off date is November 19th, and we are doing it at the Invista Center in Kingston from 10 until noon. So I will be there collecting baskets um, for Kingston Interval House in, during that time.
4: And you said that was a November 19th from 10 till noon?
5: Yep, that's right.
4: Okay, and uh, what are some items that people should be specifically looking for uh, for their baskets for the basketeers?
5: Um, Well, if you decide to do the sort of household theme, um, I like to tell people to just try to think, you know, if you were in a situation where you had to leave home without a lot of time, um, without a lot of notice, what would you, what would be helpful to kind of start over if you had to um, go into a new living situation? So it can be anything from, you know, a toaster or a coffee maker, Um, sheets, towels are very helpful. Um, It can be uh, anything like Tupperware, you know, a lunch bag, um, kitchen utensils, dishes, cutlery, things like that. Um, There's a lot of items listed on our website at basketeers.org as well. Um, As far as personal care uh, items go, if you're going to do that type of basket, it would be more things like, um, you know, maybe a pair of slippers, um, shampoo, toothbrushes you know, Q-tips, anything like that, that somebody might not be able to take all of those items with them if they had to leave home in a hurry.
4: Thank you very much for joining us today, Claire.
5: Thank you so much. Bye.
4: If you would like to find out more about the Kingston Basketeers, you can Google Kingston Basketeers, that is spelled B-A-S-K-E-T-E-E-R-S, to find out more about how you can help their initiative. Now over to Dinah with the weather.
6: And now it's time for the CFRC Weather Report. Tonight we're expecting showers ending after midnight and then cloudy skies with a low plus 6. On Thursday we'll see cloudy skies clearing in the afternoon and a high of 12. At night clear skies with a low of 0. On Friday, October 28th, we'll see increased cloudiness with a high of 11 and clearing that night with a low minus 1. On Saturday, October 29th, we'll see sunny skies with a high of 14. And Saturday night, there will be clear skies with a low plus one. And the outlook for Sunday, October 30th is sunny skies with a high of 14 and cloudy with a 30% chance of showers and a low of eight on Sunday night. And now it's time for the City of Kingston traffic report. Motorists are advised that the LaSalle Causeway will experience a lane closure for maintenance work on October 27th from 9.30 to 3 p.m. The bridge will remain open to cyclists, pedestrians and marine traffic. Road closures in and around the City of Kingston this week include Garrett Street from Division to University until November 20th. Stephen Street from Montreal to County Streets is closed until October 31st. Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace remains closed to January 31st. Wellington Street will be closed October 25th from 7 to 2 p.m. for crane setup from Brock Street to Princess Street. University Avenue from Union to Earl also remains closed to January 21st for removal of debris through the J Duck Reconstruction Project on campus. And finally, Lower Brewer's Swing Bridge remains closed until further notice as Parks Canada continues work to replace the bridge over the winter months. The City of Kingston is also reminding residents about the School Streets initiative and that McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn are closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and are closed from 8.40 to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 to 3.50 p.m. Monday to Friday until June 29, 2023. Residents are reminded that while 3rd Crossing roadwork remains underway at Highway 15 at Gore, work is also underway at John Counter Boulevard from Montreal Street to Ascot. Motorists are advised to obey signage and watch for flagging to direct traffic should lanes be closed pedestrians will also be able to use the temporary access path north of John Counter Boulevard which will be maintained at all times cyclists will use single cyclists will be single file on John Counter Boulevard proper construction signage for cyclists will also be provided at Highway 15 and Gore Road traffic signals at Point St. Mark and Gore will be operational until December and access through the south leg of Point St. Mark at Gore Road remains closed until then the cycling and pedestrian signals have been activated to assist cyclists and pedestrians in crossing the road at Gore and Highway 15. Motorists are also advised to expect traffic delays on Front Road from Sand Bay Lane to Country Club Drive, with Country Club Drive with land reduction to a single lane in both directions until the end of 2022. Other delays can be expected to hunt on. on other delays can be expected on Highway 2 at the Abbeydon Road intersection to October 28th, on Highway 33 from Collins Creek Bridge to Coronation Boulevard, Jackson Mills Road near the KP Trail, Sandhill Road from the city limits to five kilometers west of the city limit to November 16th. Pedestrians are notified of a pathway closure along the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway. Pedestrians are, notified of a path- Pedestrians are notified of a pathway closure along the Portsmouth waterfront pathway, which remains close to pedestrian access at the foot of Moet and Young and east of Lake Watch-, Lake Watch Lane. Finally, the Robert Bruce Memorial Parking Restoration Project is still underway, and the facility remains closed until late November. There is parking available at both Chown and Hanson parking garages in the adjacent blocks to the east and west of the Robert Bruce. And now it's time for the CFRC Events Calendar, brought to you by Queensevents.ca. The Human Rights Arts Festival runs Monday to Friday this week at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts. Visitors to the Art and Media Lab on the lower level can experience a short contemporary art film called The Crossing about seven Syrian refugees who had just arrived in Europe. Admission is free and open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily. On Wednesday, October 26th, the Grand Theatre will host a multidisciplinary contemporary dance presentation from Indigenous choreographer Christine Friday. Admission is pay what you want or by, do- by donation. On Thursday, October 27th, in the afternoon, the Department of Political Studies is hosting a public lecture on privacy invasive technologies and in Canadian policing at 2.30 in Kingston Hall, room 101. Admission is free and all are welcome. Also on Thursday, October 27th, there will be an in-person discussion on academic freedom where you can hear more personal stories from scholars at risk. This event starts at 3.30pm in the School of Kinesiology Building, Room 101. Spooky season is upon us again, and the Screaming Room downtown is the place to go for scary movies and cult classics all week leading up to Halloween. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is always fun, but don't wait. The tickets are selling out fast. Visit ScreeningRoomKingston.com for ticket information and lineups for other film screenings. Starting October 28th, Queen's alumni will be coming home this weekend, so keep an eye out for the leather jackets ending in the numbers 2 and 7 and make sure you say welcome home to Queen's alumni. Join CFRC as well at our table in Grant Hall and drop by the station for station tours featuring tasty food provided by Old Farm Fied Foods on October 28th between 1 to 6 p.m. And it's sure to be a fun weekend with many Gales games, including men's hockey at the Memorial Centre on Friday night, men's volleyball versus York University at the Arc on Friday and Saturday nights, and the OUA playoff homecoming football game on Saturday afternoon at Richardson Stadium with kickoff at 1pm. Tune in to CFRC or stream the game at cfrc.ca to cheer on your Queen's Gales, but be sure to register for homecoming via queensu.ca. And you can find more information about campus and local events and ticket information at queensevents.ca And that's a wrap for this week's events calendar and our program today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Today in YGK and Scoop podcasts to get your campus and local news on the go. From all of us on the CFRC News team, have a great week and we'll see you next time.
4: To encourage area residents to get outdoors for some exercise and to interact with nature, Cataraqui Conservation is bringing back its popular Hike Challenge. Running from October 1st to November 27th, the Hike Challenge provides an opportunity for individuals, small groups, and families to explore the trails at Cataraqui Conservation-owned Conservation Areas. Participants can choose to do the full challenge, eight trails, or a half challenge where participants complete four trails to keep the challenge as fresh, fun, and interactive as possible. The process and outcome is more user-driven, as we invite participants to register on our website, then head out and hike their favorite trails at each of our conservation areas, as well as any section of the Way Trail, and take a photo during each of these individual hikes. Photos should demonstrate why you love that trail so much, and can include plants, animals, your family, friends, pets, or anything else that exemplifies your trail experience. You then upload your photos to Katarakway Conservation's Hike Challenge Photo Contest page to complete your entry. Winners will be chosen by all who visit the page. Voting runs until December 4th, with winners announced the following week. For more information, Google Cataraqui Conservation Hike Challenge.
5: Martha's Table needs your help. The number of people in need of prepared meals has increased by 164% compared to pre-pandemic. The Martha's Table 22nd Annual Empty Bowls fundraiser is November 6, 2022, and your ticket purchase will increase food security in Kingston. Tickets can be purchased from Eventbrite and are $65 each. If you'd like to learn more about the event, call Martha's at 613-546-0320 or visit their website at marthastable.ca.